So I'm here with Tony Cunningham, who you probably know from the Blessed Irish Band. Tony, how are you doing? I'm all right. Maury, how are you? I'm not too bad. So tell us a bit about yourself anyway. Well, my name is Tony Cunningham, and I am one half of the infamous Blessed. As everybody knows, this is Blessed Irish Band, but we are blessed. Um, and I am the lead singer forward slash lunatic of said band. And how did you get into music? I got into music back when I was very, very young. I kind of, I started off singing, I think one, I sang one song once at a school, a school choir competition thingy. And um, someone heard me and asked me, what's the chances I would go and audition for something called the Tullamore Gospel Choir? Yeah. And of course I was 15, 16 years of age. I was like, gospel choir? really and I believe it or not I actually ended up spending eight years in that, in that in that choir and choir was awesome it was just it was amazing it taught me so much that choir was actually under the tutelage of a man called Brendan Keeley and it just it taught me so much in regards to kind of performing in regards to time in regards to every, all kind of sorts of stuff like that and during that time then I was just in different bands and different kind of doing different solo projects and all that kind of stuff. And then one one fateful day, I came across a young lad named David Bracken. And uh, I suppose that's, that's, that, kind of, that kind of story was, it's a weird one because we actually met, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there was a nightclub for teenagers in Tullamore who used to be called the Harriers. I've never been in Tullamore. Never been? <laughs> you're no. better off. <laughs> I know, I know, it's my, that's my home. But um, basically, once upon a time, day, I remember going to this particular teenage nightclub and full to the gills of vodka. And um, I saw this this dude in the middle of the dance floor breakdancing. And of course, I was as hefty as I am now when I started to giant step over to him. And he stood there completely froze, thought I was coming over to kill him. And I stood in front of him, I was like, man. That is unbelievable. Please teach me how to do that. <laughs> and um, he never did teach me how to how to how to break dance. By the way, and I've I've been hounding him for years. But um, after that, we kind of met again a couple of weeks later at um, uh, Flag. I think it was a Flag Yule Festival in um, Tullamore, and we just got talking, and we started, kind of said, "Oh, you're a guitar player." I said, yeah, I'm a singer. And um, you know what I mean? We kind of we hung around for a while, then just kind of doing little doing little things and not really taking it that serious. And then um, to kind of move that on a bit, I think kind of he moved up to Dublin to kind of kind of focus on some stuff. I know he was working in a studio in Dublin, and I moved on to um, drugs <laughs> and, <laughs> and kind of spent spent like you know my my youth. You know, the way we all, the way all, all kids from my era anyway definitely grew up is, you know, your, your dance music and your pills. <laughs> yeah. And um, it got to a stage. Then after that, then we kind of, I remember we were walk. I was walking through a shopping center in Tullamore one day and all of a sudden David was walking the same direct, the opposite direction from me. And we stopped and we talked and we reckoned we rekindled and stuff like that. And you're still playing guitar. I am. You're still singing. I am. Because maybe we should get together for a jam sometimes. Literally, that's that's kind of how it happened. And, and how long have you been? How long have you guys been going now? We are going now twelve years. 
Jesus. Yeah. If you can and, believe that. Yeah. And when ye lads play, like, there's a whole bunch of different styles of music, completely different. Like, are your tastes in music completely opposite or are they similar? They're kind, they're kind of similar in a certain sense. Like, mine and his... Um, my and his influences would be very similar, very similar. Like he, he would be huge into your Ryan Sheridan, Chris Daughtry, those kind of dudes. Whereas I would, I would Chris Daughtry and Ryan Sheridan. I think they're brilliant, and they're they're kind of their playing style, their writing style is fantastic, and I and I do take a lot of inspiration from them. But then again, I would be more, I would have been more a rock baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. So once I got out of the um, once I got out of the the techno phase, I found metal. I found rock music, and that took over my life. And I ended up kind of falling in love with your Metallicas, your Pearl Jams, your all that kind of stuff. And but what's weird about that is that my biggest influence is Freddie Mercury. Okay. You know what I mean? And anybody who has ever come to see us perform uh, would probably say to himself right that makes a lot of sense because he is actually unbelievably flamboyant and wild and mental when he's on stage and not that I would try my best to um be Freddie Mercury but that's definitely where I took the kind of the influence from as to the personality that I would put out to everybody when I'm on stage yeah but you've still done a few a, a good job when I seen you last at Freddie Mercury I think it was was it don't stop me now you do Yes, we do. Yeah. We actually, when we're live, we actually did. We, I think you've done Bohemian we, Rhapsody. Yeah, we actually do yeah. like a 15 minute Queen mashup when we're live. That was it, yeah. Yeah. Our whole thing finishes then when we were rocking. Yeah. What's the best gigs you've played over in Ireland, this country? Where's the best the places best. to go? Well, I can't really say pubs or anything like that because if I say one and then the other one will kill yeah. me. The best gig we've played to date has to be Vickership in my mind. Yeah. That has that has to be it. Like, um, we have travelled the absolute length and breadth of this country and we've had some bad gigs and we've had some absolutely unbelievable gigs. Gigs to the point where you wouldn't stop for hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. The gig would be over and you'd be still going for hours because you didn't want to leave. But in the realm of in the realms of atmosphere in the realms of how it made me feel personally. 1,200 people singing Grace back to me in Liberty Street. Nothing, nothing has beaten it. Was that supporting, was it Fire Alarms and Hog, is it? No, that was Rory Stories. Rory Stories, yeah. Yeah. We basically supported Rory Stories before his gig, and then he brought us back out then at the end of the show to sing Grace. But sure, of course, me and Dave are... Lightly that little bit mental, so we ended up turning Grace into a dance tune. Yeah, and just uh, this like made Vicar Street go mental. And was it just the one night you had, or was it a couple? It was just the one night, yeah. But like, unfortunately, we were we were planning some stuff, but then something kind of took over the world. Yes, you know. Oh, we we won't talk about it too much. Well, we might later. We might. What's your, yeah. What's your favorite songs to play with the band? Uh, favorite songs at the well when being honest I love playing our own music I love I love playing our yeah. own music but when it comes down when it comes to gigs and it comes to live performance there's the the 90s dance mashups that we do yeah. um, for sheer shock value alone yeah um, I've never seen anyone do them 
Yeah, like it's, it's weird. Like, we actually, we took our influence from that from a band called the Showhawk Duo. And it was just two guys, two guys on guitars doing dance music from the 90s. But it was very kind of, it was very calm. You know what I mean? Like, you had one dude playing, one dude kind of using his guitar as a, as a, ba- as a bass drum. And it was good, but it was it was awesome, but it was very, very calm. You know what I mean? And so what we were what we were doing with that was we said, how can we do something like that but make it a million times more atmospheric? You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it kind of it took it took a while. It took a while. We kind of we went back and forth for I I guarantee two years. Um Sticking in different dance tunes into this ma- into the mashups, taking out different dance tunes into the mashups until we found a fifteen minute mashup that worked so well that that's the one we stuck with. And it got to a stage where we were playing that so much and we were playing it so well, it became second nature to us. So we started throwing in other things. You know what I mean? Like just performance aspect things. Like I'd be I'd be swinging over something while I'm trying to while I'm thumping the guitar and playing some chords and stuff like that. And, Dave would be doing doing his own thing with his riffs and all that stuff, and we'd be shouting at crowds, we'd be egging them on, we'd be getting them to get down on their knees and bounce up like mad yorks, and just <clears throat> all the stuff that we experienced when we were kids, when we were teenagers growing up. When you'd go to a nightclub and you'd hear a daddy off of strings, and the whole nightclub would be would be kneeling down, and the second this thing would kick in, you're up and you're going mental, and. Um, then we kind of we we kind of figured okay we have got so many of these dance tunes why don't we make another mashup and we did so we ended up making another mashup for the end of the first half and that one ended up going all over the place like that one ended up with stuff in it like um Gigi D'Agostino's blah 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 I don't know if you're familiar that app yep. app ing that thing yeah and you know what I mean scooter and fucking sorry for cursing if I'm not supposed to I know you can uh, curse. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> I wish you told me that before this. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? And it's still, it was getting, it, it wasn't getting the same reaction as the ending one was because everybody was still relatively sober. Yeah. You know what I mean? But still we were playing it and we were still getting that shock for You know what I mean? That how in the hell are these guys doing this kind of thing? And so without a doubt, I absolutely adore playing our own, our own songs, the songs we've wrote as a band. But the dance tunes, by far, for just for the atmosphere that it gives, hands down. I think a lot of people would much prefer to hear old songs than new songs these days. Majority of them, yeah. Majority of yeah. them, yeah. Like there's there's songs out now that like I I don't really like being too political about music at the moment. At the moment, well, actually, you know what? I don't mind. It's it's all shit. Yeah, yeah. It is. That's a nice way of putting it. It is. I think there's been one song that's come out this year that I've actually liked, and that was um, "Fake Fine" by Robert Grace. I thought that was awesome. That tune yeah. was awesome. Um, but the majority of everything else has been garbage. But it's garbage to somebody who grew up in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, I know. Who what remembers? Mean. Who remembers your Metallicas, your Purjans, your even your pop music, you know what I mean? Your boy bands, your what? Like, I wouldn't necessarily anyway call boy bands real music, but it's now it's all 
if you could imagine one of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything is done on one of them. It's all done with a loop. Nobody, nobody seems to just sit down, pick up one of them anymore. Yeah. You know? And because of that, you're getting the, the entire, the entirety of music these days seems to be technologically, technologically programmed, but then you wouldn't class it as techno. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Have that's why. Kind of, what? Go on ahead. Go on ahead. But that's why, like, say with this, with the stuff me and Dave, right? We try try our best to stick to the to the old the old kind of style of music writing, where it's if you're going to write something, write it and perform it yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's very easy to sit down and loop something. It's very easy. It's very difficult to spend four minutes playing a song where every part is done by yourself. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's where that's where you. You hone your craft. That's where you. Um, that's where your talent shows. You know what I mean. That's where your talent shows. See, I love music, right? The same as you, and I'd be. I'd much rather sit down and I'd like to listen to a band like E and like others I've seen down the years, and you just play a bit of everything. But mm. then I wouldn't mind an old original thrown in here and there. Yeah. But but sometimes it just can't wash in the pub, though, as well, depending on the that's crowd. The that's the problem. Like, unless unless you're playing in a spot where you're known, like you're 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 probably if you want to throw in an original original song in a pub to that's full to the gills of strangers, you're better off doing it at the start and just say, okay, this is one of mine. Wham, play it, see what the reaction is, and then get into your covers. You know what I mean? But at the moment, you see, like me and Dave, me and Dave will probably never stop doing the dance tunes. Right? Yeah. But we are we are trying to get out of that cover band. Um, that cover band, I suppose, stigma, and get into the realm of singer songwriters, performers, that kind of stuff, so that our platform will continue to build and build and build to the point of where we want to be and where we want to be, selling out arenas all over the world. Yeah, you know. Unfortunately, unless you're the key of awesome or what's that guy that does? What's that guy that's amazing on YouTube, always doing covers? Um, oh, it'll come to me. It'll come yeah. to me eventually. Um, but unless you're you're those people, Conor Maynard, for for example, okay. he literally his whole career now is covers. You know what I mean? And he's amazing at them. He takes covers and he makes them his own, and they're they're better than the original. But unless you already have that status, you know what I mean? Me and Dave are looking to go from cover band to singer songwriters and get from here. So like say this is where we are now. We want to continue to grow everything and grow our music and grow. Our specific, our specific style of writing, which is absolutely no style. Uh, speaking of originals and that, you released a song there, what was it, about a month ago? Mm-hmm. And you were afraid of the reaction from people and things like that, because it was a bit maybe different than what people would associate with you. It was kind of more, there was a little uh, bit of rapping and things in there. Uh, How did that, that come song, about? Uh, that song, actually, believe it or not, I sat down... Uh, one of the, one of the nights before before that song came up, and I had remember I had sat I had remembered that uh, when Donald Trump actually got diagnosed with COVID nineteen, yeah, a and great day, I, yeah, and I remembered that in that three days later he was red carpeted back into the White House after being cured, yeah, 
And all of a sudden, I got, I, I got very angry. I, got, <laughs> I really did. I got very angry. And normally when I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm unbelievably happy about something, that's when I'll take out my notes on my phone and I'll just write. I'll just type. And there could be no music. There could be nothing in my head. I wouldn't even know what I'm writing. I'd just, I'd, just, I'd just be typing. And all of a sudden, I started to hear this kind of melody in my head. And I said to myself, right, I, I'm, I'm not really a rapper, but I could be. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, the words, nothing will, nothing, nothing's going to change. Nothing's ever going to change. Like at the end of the day, once, like you think that by this time next year, everything's going to be okay. It's not. You know what I mean? By this time next year, every human being that has been on the COVID payment is going to have to start paying that back. You know what I mean? Every, like even today, for example, uh, two, like a nurse and an old lady got the vaccine. No, this is this is the thing. Is like the, what was broadcasted was this ninety-year-old woman and one nurse got yeah. COVID nineteen vaccine. Today, it was brought. It was it was reported that two people had unbelievably horrible allergic reactions to this. Yeah. Who are they if only two people have got this vaccine? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So I was think. I just kept thinking to myself in my head that all of this. All of this is not going to change just because this virus could possibly be gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're still going to be ruled by a government that has got no public interest in mind my, in my law. Like zero public interest in mind. They've totally fucked up the music industry in this country oh, from the bottom. Like from the from the bottom to yeah. from from the bottom, it's it's just been it's been it's been raped, to be honest with yeah. you, because, like, even what happened yesterday, what happened yesterday in Dublin, when they, the put, busking. A, they put a ban on busking, yeah. you know what I mean? Which means that people who were singers, people who were performers, who had spent this time using busking, I'm a busker myself, I busking Galway, I busking Lafrey, and that's my, that has been my only means of income since this all stopped. And I could only imagine what it would be like to be told, okay, you can't perform, and now you can't busk. So, congratulations, here, have a fucking, have no Christmas, not be able to support your family, not be able to look after yourself, not be able to pay your rent, not be able to buy Christmas presents, that kind of stuff, all because we believe, we believe, we're not buskers, so we don't know, we're not actually on the ground with you, we're not walking past you every day. Um, we believe that you're a danger to him. You know what I mean? So when I wrote this song, Nothing Will Change, the complete inspiration for that was I was that angry at the at society. You know what I mean? At society for, for, for one, because we had completely turned into a bunch of rats. Mm. We had, like, for some reason, this country has turned into a bunch of rats. We've turned into a like a nation of crybabies. Facebook man is fucking yeah, toxic. It's not even, it's, like I wouldn't even call them call it crybabies, man. But it seems to be, for lack of a better term, we're all tattletales. Mm. You know what I mean? We're all rats. Like, oh my god, how dare somebody next door to me have two or three of their friends over for a few drinks while I'm sitting here not allowed? Yeah, I'm going to call the guards. You know what I mean? You wouldn't do that in a normal. 
Yeah, taking pi- pictures of people in shops taking with masks and shit like taking that. Taking videos of people and putting them up on on Facebook and Instagram, saying, "Oh my God, what a disgrace this is!" No, it's not. It's just people being normal. Yeah, it's just what, people being normal. What could they actually do if you went, say, to Galway tomorrow and started busking? Like, what could they well, do to you? They can't. Galway can't do anything to me because Galway hasn't brought in any um, any regulations to stop busking. Oh, this is just Dublin, is it? This is only Dublin. Oh, okay. That's the that's the worst part about it. There's mm. a friend, there's a dude I know, Mick McLaughlin from Dublin. He's one. He's 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 literally he is the busker. Yeah. He's the most well, he's most famous busker in Ireland, and he is now planning on coming to Galway because he can't. He he his livelihood is gone in Dublin, and he he would busk every single day in Dublin, in Henry Street, Dublin, and on Grafton Street in Dublin, and this guy. If you listen to him, it's like listening to Luke Kelly all over again. Yeah. And that's kind of what his draw is. But he he now can't do it anymore unless he gets the hell out of Dublin. So, yeah, and, and he's, he's not allowed to leave the county until the 18th. And he's, and he's not allowed to leave the county until the 18th. You know what I mean? It's an oxymoron. Oh. Like, it doesn't work. Yeah. But that's kind of one of the main reasons why I wrote that song is because the hypocrisy of this of this government and the hypocrisy of this this country, for some reason, these days, is it's it's ridiculous. It's like like people people kind of are, and you have to kind of put it into into perspective for them as well. Is that people are that scared? You know what I mean. People are only doing all this stuff because they're that scared, and they're scared because of what our media and what our government are feeding, and that's it. So when I wrote this song. This song was a ginormous fuck you to yeah. the government, to the like the anti-mask people. Like I was one of them before. I've said it, I say it all in the song. Uh, but again, nothing will change. Yeah. Nothing. You know what I mean? They'll just find something else. You know. Tell us about uh, last week uh, when you brought out the the bit of news that you had. Uh, which which. With the with the GoFundMe and the procedure, oh, yeah. yes, yes. Um, everybody who kind of who follows blessed when they, whether it comes to Facebook or Instagram um, knows kind of me as being the the big funny flamboyant dude from blessed. Um, emphasis on the word big. But um, last Friday, I put out something very 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 public in regards to my own struggles with weight and my own struggles with my mental health and stuff. And what had happened was I I come to a conclusion that I, after talking to my own doctor, that um, I needed a gastric, basically a gastric sleeve operation. Yeah. And this has come from spending the majority of this year on a very strict weight loss training and diet plan that unfortunately due to my depression didn't work. And it's difficult, it's difficult still like to the, still to this day to talk about it, but yeah. it's like um if if we were if we were still performing um, this GoFundMe wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. It wouldn't have because 
we would be still performing. We would be still. I basically, I'd be earning, I'd be earning a living. You know, you know what I mean. But at the moment, the reason for this GoFundMe is because I, I need, I do, I need this procedure in the in the in the private sector because yeah. I was told that if I go on to a public waiting list for it, it could take anywhere from two to ten years. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and yeah. basically, when we went, when we were, when we looked into going private with it, um, it uh, turned out that in another wonderful um, example of how awesome our country is, but this procedure in Ireland is fourteen thousand euro. So when we started the GoFundMe um, campaign, we had a goal of fourteen thousand euro on it. Yeah, and um, I knew, I knew full well that was going to be impossible. But I had to try. And um, when the when the campaign started and the video went up on Facebook and on Instagram on Friday, the absolute outpour of support that we got for it, the amount of positive feedback that we got from it, and the amount of people that actually contacted us and contacted me personally about um, a hospital that they had gone to to have this exact same procedure or procedures like it in Turkey. Yeah. So with that, um, I made contact with this hospital in Turkey. And we found out that the same procedure, the same, the same procedure with double the amount of aftercare, was actually working out to 5,000. Yeah. And so I decided that um, I was going to basically change the, um, the, uh, the goal amount on the GoFundMe to 5,000. And that if that was, if we were able to reach that, that that's what we were going to do. That yeah. I, uh, now I have done so much research in regards to this. I have done, I've contacted doctors, I've been in contact with surgeons, I've been in contact with um, psychologists, I've uh, been in contact with so many people. And so, um, I was put into a WhatsApp group of people who are either recovering from this surgery or have, have their surgery booked and are on, in the process of about to get it done. <clears throat> and I've learned, I've learned so much I've learned so much about it and I've learned so much about the recovery process and about the the whole aftermath of it. And I've learned so much about the the truth to everything that the people people in regards to the hospital were telling me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like the hospital can tell you we're going to this is what we're going to do for you, this is what how long we're going to be with you, this is how long you're going to be in aftercare for, how long we'll we'll give a fuck, basically. Yeah. But when you hear other Irish people coming straight to me and telling me this is this is true. That settles me. That settles yeah. the brain. You think, okay, maybe this is the route that we need to go down with this because we know fourteen thousand euros is not going to happen. It's just not. It's it's impossible to raise fourteen thousand euro between now and Christmas when it comes to an independent um, fundraiser like this. You know what I mean? Like this is a hundred percent 
this is not registered with any charities. It's registered with GoFundMe, but this is an independent fundraiser in the sense of if you want to support us or support me, feel free. If not, you don't have to. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But it's also a case where I'm not sitting anywhere looking for a handout. And anybody who listens to this now and anybody who's listened to any of the interviews I've done, done before this, I am 100% not looking for a handout here. I want to work my absolute balls off for this. So we are organizing so much stuff. We have got a bucket collection in several businesses around Galway at the moment. We, I made appearances on Midlands Monetary in, in Offaly, uh, the Offaly Express, a couple of media outlets in Galway that were, are in contact with us. And we have got so many musicians, actors, artists who have who are going to be doing fundraisers for us as well. I know we have a wonderful DJ taking over our page on Friday for our first take our first fundraising takeover. And he's going to do a full hour and a half set on our page yeah. as just a way of saying, here, here, here's 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 entertainment. You know what I mean? I Tony does not want this for free. But what Tony does want is Tony wants to do the one thing that he knows he's good at, and that's entertain you. And if you feel like you want to throw a few bob towards helping him with something that could potentially save his life, you're more than welcome. If you don't want to, here's some free entertainment. Yeah. You know what I mean? We are in the middle of organizing loads of takeovers, and I'm actually in the middle of organizing a six hour concert. Okay where basically we'll start a show on the Bless page at about six o'clock in the evening and we'll stay going until about 11 or 12 o'clock that night. Jesus and we'll Christ. Get, we're going to have five or six bands, a couple of different guest appearances, stuff like that, just to come on, do their thing for an hour and see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just it. You know what I mean? And anybody who listens to this or anybody who listens to anything that we do, if anybody wants to join in, feel free. Um, but... That's the one thing I need everybody to know is that behind the scenes of this and in the public of this, I am going to I'm going to put on so many different entertaining shows. I'm going to have so many different people on doing their thing, showcasing their talent. And it's all this is what's weird to it is that it shows like I never knew how much I actually meant to meant to people. I never knew how many people that I have touched in all my years of doing this until I put this out and all of a sudden the everybody was contacting me saying that they want to help. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's phenomenal. It really is. But that's one thing I have to I have I would maintain until the day I eventually dropped it is that I do not want this for nothing. You know what I mean? If you give me this, then I will give you this. Yeah. It's that simple. You know and I mean? it's, obvi it's obviously a decision that you thought long and hard about. You didn't just wake up on Friday morning and go, right, this is what we're doing. No, we, I've been, it's something that's been, that's been going through my mind for a long time. Because you see, I have, there was a friend of mine in uh, Newfoundland in Canada. Yeah. Um, and there's another friend of mine in Port Leash who both had gastric operations over the course of the last few years. Um, it's been difficult for them, but both of them, as long as I've known them, say that they would. They, it's the best decision they've ever made. So it's always been a thought in my mind. It's always been a thought, but it was only when I failed again this year 
that it became real. It yeah. became almost like, okay, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. Maybe I need somebody to just hand me a reset button and just say, Tony, here, if you press that, you will go back to the start, but then you have to work for it. Yeah. So you can't just have this, have this operation and have your reset and then go home and start eating and living the way you were. You can't because your body won't be able for it. So that's when I'll have to retrain my mind as to, okay, I know what's going to happen if I overdo it just a little bit. So don't overdo it. Do what you're supposed to do. Do what you're told. And then give it a year and you will be exactly what you want you want to be and that's you could be i could be 10 stone lighter i could be walking around tato park without having to sit down every 10 minutes i could be able to walk up the stairs without having to sit down on the bed for five minutes and catch my breath i'd be able to buy clothes from somewhere other than having them shipped from america you know what i mean it's yeah it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of factors to it there is there's a lot of factors to it and it's it's a decision that was hard for me to make, but it's a decision that I now feel had to be made because as hard as um, as hard as this is for me to say, but I feel like if I don't do something this drastic now, I won't see far. Yeah. And where are we at at the moment in terms of numbers and as we speak now? Well, at the moment, at the moment, just before I came on with yourself, I had a check of it. We are currently sitting on €1,240 yeah. in the space of five days. It's looking good. The, just the, the support has been amazing. But we have what we have basically going on is we have €1,240 raised with very little promotion. Done. Yeah. Because my son, actually, he had his first birthday on Saturday. So that took up the whole weekend. But this this... This fundraising campaign started on Friday, and then there was nothing done for it. You know what I mean? So I had to. T- I took the whole weekend off. Was with my son, stuff like that. Did his birthday and all that. But it was Monday when the real work started for this. But we had yeah eleven hundred euro raised by Monday. So what's basically happening now is that we have um, there's five collection buckets all over Lockray. If anybody sees this, wherever people are watching yourselves, if they feel like their business wants to take a collection bucket for us, brilliant, I can get it to them. Um, we're leaving the buckets out until the first week in January. And basically then whatever's in them, that's what's in them. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be harping on about it. I'm not going to be worried about it. I'm not going to be disappointed about it. Nothing. It's just whatever's there. Whatever generosity is is given towards us, then it'll be accepted with open arms. And then with the online port, the online concerts and the online takeovers and the stuff that we're planning on doing, we're hoping that that generates more. Uh, actually, just before I came on to you, I actually stuck the campaign itself up on TikTok. Okay. Um, with a with a link a link in the bio to go to to go and donate and read the whole story. And again, if anybody does want to read the whole story, there is a full full bio of it on the GoFundMe page. There's a full bio of it on the on our on our page, Blessed Irish Band. And it's just it's it's now at a stage where, okay, Tony, everybody so far has been so good, and everybody has been so kind 
So now is the time you start giving them back something, you know what I mean? So that's why we have this takeover coming on Friday. Um, we had another dude did a, a, um, a live on his own page yesterday. We had, um, we've got a dude from, a wonderful musician from Chicago, actually going to do a takeover for us as well in the next week or so. Uh, Rossi from, from Ireland is going to do another one. And we had shares from, your man, some Sir Steve O'Timothy, your boy who does. Um, oh, I had, had him on there a couple of days ago. Yeah, good dude. Yeah, good man. Good dude. Um, but no, it's just it's it's now a stage where if we if we want to get to five thousand euro, we now when it's now the time to work for. Yeah, and all the descriptions and the GoFundMe and all will be in this video as well. So if anyone is watching it, it's in the corner there. Don't know if it's this site or this site. Perfect. Not really sure. One of those sites, anyway. Yeah. So, listen, hopefully we'll be back seeing you on the road again soon, anyway. God. Hopefully. Well, I hope. I, I yeah. can only hope. I mean, like, at the moment, at the moment, like, you won't see, you won't, you won't see live music in this country this side of Christmas. Yeah. At all. You won't. If we're um, lucky, it'll be next summer. I, re I reckon, it'll, I reckon next summer. Yeah. I'm hoping and hoping yeah. next summer, yeah. because but that would be if you could if you could somehow fathom it, that would be over a year of a musicless Ireland. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think there'd be a lot of catching up to do, a lot of points to be drank. Oh, lad, I tell you, I tell you something. I and I, I've said this, I've said this to so many people who will actually listen. If anyone. And I mean this, if anyone, the first blessed gig that happens, if I see anyone sitting down, I'm going to have them kicked out. I really am. I'm going to have them kicked out after over a year or God knows what, when we're going to get back to this. If I see anybody not enjoying themselves, I want them gone. I don't, I just, I don't want anybody near me who is not here to have fucking time your life you know what I mean yeah we have to remember oh. that we missed last Paddy's day as well so that all has to be thrown into the mix there's a lot of that, things have to be thrown into the mix there's so much like there's so much that in the space of this year that we've missed like and even say if if you don't if it's not necessarily the drinking aspect of it even if it's just the socializing aspect of it you know yeah. what I mean like but even on a complete on a on a different scale to that the like the economic aspect of it you know what I mean like the yeah. money in this country that is generated by pubs, hotels, nightclubs, venues, that kind of stuff, on Paddy's Day alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never mind the fact that we're now blasphemous enough to open on, open on, on Easter Sunday and Good Friday. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like you had Paddy's Day, you had Easter weekend, you had Halloween weekend, you had so many weekends that people would live for. People who work their full-time jobs and they'd be thinking, oh, it's long weekend next, now next weekend, I can go out on Sunday and get wasted and I don't get up for work in the morning and the grand. Like, it's all, it's all, it's all gone. It's all gone. And when you think about it in a sense that, like, we are, and we always have been social animals all across yeah. the world. We are, that's what we are, that's what we do. And all of a sudden, something that, something that, um, you don't know you have unless you're tested. Yeah. 
and something that has a lower fatality rate than anything else that's ever come to us has put a stop to the whole world. You know what I mean? It's fucking mental. It's put a stop to the whole world. Like tuberculosis, we had a tuberculosis outbreak in 2017. Tuberculosis is so much more uh, contagious than this. Anybody hear of any lockdowns? <laughs> Anybody hear of any masks? Anything like that? No. Swine flu, bird flu, foot and mouth disease, all this stuff. You know what I mean? Spanish flu yeah. happened. Spanish flu happened all those years ago. Kid took out 50 million people across the world. Yeah. And the whores still got off work the next morning. <laughs> That's very you know true. It is like, yeah. we weren't wearing masks back then. Well, listen, hopefully we won't be wearing masks the next time we see you at a gig. Well, hopefully. And hopefully you play a chop suey as well. Ha! I reckon, <laughs> I reckon, I genuinely reckon though, like once, if these vaccines and stuff are to be believed, yeah, I firmly believe we will be China. And yeah. what I mean by that is masks will become subjective like at the end of the day we could all be vaccinated against this virus but the virus will still be there mm. you know what i mean so you'll end people will end up wearing a mask the same way they do in china and it'll be by choice that's not something i want to see that's not something i want to do yeah you know well it was great having you on thank you and uh best of luck with everything and i'm sure you're going to smash the target anyway Thank you very much, brother. Well, the way no the way me. I'm looking at it is, I'm be I'm not in any way being greedy with this. Like the second I see the see the number five thousand, it's being shut down. Yeah. The absolute second, the second I see that that hits five thousand, that's it. It's shut down, and it's immediately being broadcasted everywhere that Brilliant. we hit it. And the second we hit five thousand is the very moment. First thing I do is broadcast it that we've done it. Second thing I've done, I do is thank everybody, everybody profusely for helping me. And the second thing is book my operation. Or the third thing is book my operation. The third thing. Well, best of luck with everything and we'll catch you soon. Thank you, but it's all said and done. Oh, better. Thanks for having me. <laughs>